evening and welcome to the very first episode of Mental Space, where we will be breaking down stigmas, having real conversations and answering questions about everything and anything that makes us stronger, more resilient as a community. We are very excited and not a little nervous to bring this show about mental health to you. We are five professionals who moved to Copenhagen from Romania, Poland, India, Croatia and Russia and are currently practicing in Denmark. We got together because of our joint passion to ensure that everyone, without exception, has access to resources that support them in their psychological health. This is our chance to exchange notes from our daily practices and hear from you. So tell us, write to us, slide into our DMs about you and your mental health. How do you thrive, survive, find support, give support, and navigate in this beautiful, sometimes rough, sometimes tough corner of Scandinavia. To start off the series, we have planned an interview with two therapists who are also co-hosting this program, followed by a panel discussion. Today with us, we have psychologist Agnieszka Kokanovic, who specializes in internal family systems therapy and nonviolent communication. She will be interviewing Lana Kunstek, who uses body therapy to help her clients get back in tune with their bodies and live a more balanced, grounded life. Thank you, Magna. And hi, I'm Agnieszka, and I have the pleasure to talk to Lana today about body psychotherapy. Welcome, Lana. And before we start, I'm just wondering if we could maybe experience some of your work, uh, because we are nervous right now and it's real. And also because maybe it give us some impression about what we will talk about later. Uh, so for for this reasons, maybe it's it's helpful for us and our listeners. What do you think, Lena? Yes, it's a great idea to start with a short exercise and. Um, I would just like to invite everyone to to use this next 10 minutes for yourself and make sure that nobody interrupts you unless you of course are taking care of a child or an elderly but take this next 10 minutes just for yourself so you can feel into yourself relaxed and uh, come back to your own safe space within because this is actually the the main thing that we do here we are finding our our safe space from which then we create our own reality but we're gonna talk more about that later so first I want to invite everyone to honor yourself honor your space around you and make sure that you have enough space that you feel relaxed that you feel comfortable you can sit down you can uh, lay down you can you can standing it really doesn't matter ultimately the most important thing is that you are with yourself and that you feel yourself so let's just uh, close our eyes and take a couple of deep breaths inhale and on the exhale just allow everything that is no longer serving you to leave your Inhale and exhale. One more time. Inhale 
and now I would like to invite you to shake just shake and release whatever you feel is stuck whatever you feel is no longer serving you whatever you feel like agitated or angry or nervous or anxious or whatever is just allow that just allow that emotion that energy to move a little bit and shake it off and while you shake feel like you're really sinking into your body so when you shake you focus on what's going on within you're already here so being in the body doesn't mean some place where we need to be it's something that already is here so feel what is there take another deep breath inhale and exhale and feel what is already there don't try to change anything and if your mind tries to oh no this is not good I'm not enough I have to be more relaxed I have to make this perfect just notice that and acknowledge what is your truth in the moment yes that's it that's beautiful you know our body is incredible resource of our stored emotions from the past from the present but also resource of future potentials we don't sometimes even know it's there so I'd like to invite you to feel do you maybe feel in this moment any potential if not that's okay just notice that maybe there is some potential that I'm not quite aware of yet and if you do feel just allow it to expand allow yourself to feel you to feel what what would you need in this moment do you need uh, do you need movement do you need uh, like something like self-expression or do you need just a gentle touch and I would like to invite you to really give yourself that if you need more shaking if you need movement if you need just a couple of deep breaths or if you need to touch yourself maybe in some place feel nervous or anxious I would like to invite you to do it feel the nourishment of your own truth feel the nourishment of your own authenticity follow your knowingness you already know your body already knows where you need to be not necessarily where you want to be but where you need to be just follow that voice
let's just focus on uh, each body part and you will then feel into what each body part needs so let's first focus on your feet what do your feet need in this moment you know we oftentimes use our feet so often but we rarely acknowledge them what is it like to be in your feet rubbing, touching, or maybe some stumping. Really allow yourself to to do it. Honor the needs of your feet. jumping, whatever comes. Allow yourself to honor your needs. Beautiful. Follow your knowingness. And if your mind starts chattering, what am I doing here? Or this is weird. Just acknowledge that. And allow yourself to feel your body. that it's good that 
you deserve it. And feel your head as well. And now I would like to invite you to feel your entire body as a whole. Take a deep breath all the way to your feet, calves, knees, pelvis, stomach, all the way to the top of your head. And exhale through your head, neck, chest, stomach, pelvis, knees, and down through your feet. So you're taking a full body inhale and exhale. We're going to do it a couple of more times. Inhale through your feet, calves, knees, thighs, pelvis, stomach, chest, neck, head. And exhale, head, chest, stomach, pelvis, legs, feet. That's it. Inhale all the way to the top of your head. And exhale all the way down to soles of your feet and inhale up 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 to the top of your head and exhale down 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 to the soles of your feet and feel what is the difference how do you feel now and how did you feel in the beginning of this exercise give each other another minute to finish off and when you feel ready I would like to invite you to slowly open your eyes thank you so much for being part of this practice Concentrate on breathing, on touching, and feelings. Yes. So, could you could you say more about body psychotherapy? What is it? Thank you for asking me. So, body psychotherapy is a approach in I would say approach to human consciousness from the perspective of the body, which means that we, as we did, as you could have witnessed in this short practice, to find in our body what is real in the moment, in sensations or also, and also in emotions, to find what is real. And this is in body therapy, our starting point. So in therapy, we use also uh, movement and touch to maybe move some uh, stuck emotions mm -hmm. and energies. 
but also we find a way to regulate, to find balance also with movement, with touch, with uh, sometimes with breathing, as mm-hmm. you as you witnessed now. And uh, yes. Mm-hmm. And can you share more about how how it start or um, why uh, have you chosen this way of working? Why have I chosen this way mm-hmm. of working? Because um, when it comes to body, body is real. So mm-hmm. usually, when especially when we have challenging situations, our mind tend to go overboard to rethink and think so much, and we're finding solutions, which is uh, which is okay, of course. But when we sink into our body, we find what is actually there, what is real, and uh, with that, we, when we know where we are then we can also realize where we want to be not just where we want to be but also where we can be so for example if we're experiencing this big big stress for some reason i don't know we have a boss who is uh, mean to us or something Mm -hmm. so then we're thinking what should i do how should i come to work tomorrow we are sort of trying to prepare ourselves to avoid that situation but if we allow ourselves to really flow with our emotions and with our body and to feel maybe let's say I feel stuck in my chest I feel my belly is uh, crunching and I feel my pelvis is stuck we can allow ourselves to breathe into these emotions maybe move a little bit and whatever is needed for us so there is not like universal approach approach is very individual and when we find the nourishment or the expression that is needed to us, then we come to the place of not just relaxation, but in a place of having this full consciousness and realization about the situation with our boss, where we are at. And then we're able to make decisions from that conscious place. And then we are able to take action from that place of, balanced self not just from stress like Mm -hmm. uh, and fear Mm -hmm. so i will just check what i'm hearing because i maybe i want to slow down a bit to really understand Uh, so the first step is to acknowledge and to recognize and to notice what you are feeling exactly that is the first step Mm -hmm. because we usually tend to not neglect the state mm-hmm. we are mm-hmm. at, what is real, because mm-hmm. we always feel that we need to be someplace mm-hmm. else. We need to be somebody else. We need to always be the perfect version of ourselves. But with that, we are only drifting further away from what we are. And we are not real. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. we end up, I'm waking up maybe in 20 years. Where is my life? Who am I? And then mm-hmm. is what, when we experience, so to say, personal crisis. Mm-hmm. Because we we're one thing and we're living something differently so this is the i don't even want to say the word tool but this is the way Mm -hmm. the road to come back to what is real even though we may not like it at first yes i can imagine that many times we want to get rid of some feelings we don't want to be with this anxiety or fear or anger so it's somehow natural also for us to try to avoid those feelings Yes. So how would you cope or how would you uh, work with your client who don't want to accept or it's difficult for them to accept feelings or sensations also because sometimes the feelings are you know, somewhere in our body or manifested yeah. in kind of pain or discomfort? This is actually an excellent question 
because sometimes if something was traumatic and very painful, we sort of have the, I would say, ability to de-attach from mm -hmm. emotions, which is actually an amazing coping mechanism of our psyche mm -hmm. that we don't destroy ourselves in mm -hmm. a way. And first of all, I would invite somebody to acknowledge, wow, what an amazing consciousness that I'm able to detach from something that was so painful. Mm -hmm. And only when we realize that, that that was our capacity in the moment, that today, in order to really have this fullness of life that we really do deserve, the only way, the only road for that life is to come back to what is real and then allow ourselves to feel, oh my God, that was so painful and I was ab able to survive, which does not mean that we should re-traumatize ourselves and mm -hmm. coming back into these unpleasant states, mm -hmm. but just allowing them to know that they were and maybe in some way they, they still are here mm -hmm. and allow ourselves to grieve certain, certain mm -hmm. situations mm -hmm. and experiences. Mm -hmm. So from the starting point, like acknowledgement and feeling this, allowing this, space or the feelings to be present what will be next steps in the therapy or like in, in your work with the client well uh, next steps from when we allow ourselves to feel we can also allow ourselves to flow to find what are our resources mm -hmm. what are our qualities maybe to encounter some of our longings that are deep inside of us which we never allowed ourselves to feel like some people would find some dreams that they had when they were mm. younger or not even had at all in their life. They just come, oh my God, I have this dream. Mm. And then sometimes you see people who really allow themselves for the first time to dream and to find a way how to manifest these dreams in realities and to realize that sometimes it's not too late. And that is like very, so beautiful when somebody just allow themselves mm -hmm. to flow in their creative expression, not just, uh, not just dreams in terms of creating something, but also to opening up emotionally mm -hmm. to, mm -hmm. to maybe uh, re recognize that they have mm -hmm. already beautiful relationships, mm -hmm. that they want to have beautiful relationships, that they could maybe make peace with some family members that they were in fight for so long. And this is where it actually like the beauty in the process starts mm -hmm. flowing. Mm -hmm. So like inviting some dreams, needs or hopes exactly transform somehow. I'm hearing this, this person, like it makes it more yes, open. It does. Yeah. It transforms, but it also brings them closer to what they really are inside mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. with their authenticity with their truth and that is beautiful i mean that is the life mm -hmm. worth living mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. sure yeah i agree and um, can you say more about you didn't maybe like the word tools or like techniques but maybe how how do you work what else do you use in uh, so basically space? the regular session would contain first to have the intake to see what has person been going through for I don't know if somebody's regularly on the sessions for the last week, mm -hmm. what has been happening. So usually we talk in the beginning and then we see what is really underneath just a plain conversation. And we see how can we move this, see, move the emotions or move mm -hmm. the energy, so to say. And then we would do some body work. When I say body work, I mean to really respond to what is needed in the moment. Sometimes that could be expression, sometimes that could be 
self-regulation, like touch, healing, balance, finding a safe space within. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that could be like um, breathing. Sometimes that could be a method of uh, object, uh, like object relations, mm-hmm. chairs. And mm-hmm. there, I mean, there's so many techniques. Okay. So, okay. so you know, we therapists are like supermarket. Okay. <laughs> you say, and we give it. You know? Okay. So you have a lot in your supermarket. Yes, <laughs> and not just me. I, mm-hmm. I'm more like a reader. Mm-hmm. So client has everything that is needed. Ah, I just okay. offer to them what is needed in the moment. Okay. This is actually the role of a therapist to to mirror a client's qualities and to mirror their needs, even though sometimes they are not aware of them. And when in that relationship with the therapist mirrors that, it's like in a way their inner reality multiplies and becomes more real, more tangible, and more grounded. Mm-hmm. And then in that safe space, in the therapeutic safe space, when that becomes more real, then they have the opportunity and also the courage to go out there and really live it, not just mm-hmm. dream about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned some qualities or like some values, maybe. Can you say more about what else is important yes. in the process? Yes, absolutely. It's important to really honor everyone's individuality and to have clear values in the therapeutic system. And of course, to have a space of uh, trust among therapists and the client. Because um, at the end of the day, client is the one who is doing therapy, not the therapist. Therapist is just there to, to maybe like hold their hand or push a little bit and to open the doors so the client can walk through them. Mm-hmm. That's a nice metaphor. I like it. Yeah, yeah. it's um, bringing the idea of how it is to be in the process for yes. people who are listening. I think. Hmm? My next question will be what the client can have out of this process of, of this kind of work with body. Excellent question and very important one. So definitely what client would get, they would get to know themselves. They would know the way that they react. They would understand where their, like, let's say, shortcomings and they would understand what are their qualities and they would be able to embrace who they truly are with the variety of everything what they what they are more concrete that would mean that in their day-to-day life they would have the understanding and knowingness and also the ability to set boundaries when needed but also to open up their hearts when mm-hmm. needed and then they would have the opportunity to live the fullness of life that is out there for them it may be before therapy they didn't even knew that they were worthy of it Mm-hmm. So the, the benefits are like qualities of life, I am hearing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. The benefits of therapy are quality is the quality of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's uh, that's a great way to summarize it actually. Mm-hmm. Thanks. And may I ask more personal question? Of course, <laughs> because uh, we are all foreigners. Mm-hmm. We are living now in Denmark yeah. in Copenhagen, and I would like to ask, how are you feeling here? How is it for you to be expat in in Copenhagen? Well, it's uh, it's a wonderful, wonderfully challenging experience. I would say it like that. So it was my personal choice to come here. So in a way, I feel 
expanded. I have expanded so much as a person and also as a professional because it's different and uh, it's definitely challenging. So it's definitely some things I didn't need to face uh, back home. I have to face it now. But that's also like the variety of uh, experience of being a human. It's also being an expat. And, but Copenhagen is uh, such a wonderful city. I'm enjoying it so much because it's so innocent in a way. And I really, really love it. And I mean, sometimes I would just walk around the city and enjoy architecture and yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you have a favorite like places or favorite things about Denmark, Copenhagen? I'm still in an exploration phase, let's put it like that. But I do like to walk in Islandsbrugge and uh, close to canals and just enjoy and to see some beautiful parks and maybe travel uh, outside of Copenhagen and see different cities. And uh, yeah, it's really beautiful. And it's really beautiful to see yourself outside of your culture and to see what else is out there this is also when in a way my reality mm -hmm. now starts multiplying <laughs> i could put it like that mm -hmm. yeah. and i see that you are enjoying it you I like it too i do although there are challenges mm -hmm. i have to say that and i have to highlight it so that uh i want to just say that uh, that the quality of life is not about not having challenges but is to have challenges, but to also to live in the sort of, I should say, and I have challenges and I can enjoy life wow. at the same time. Wow, that is beautiful. I like it. Thank you. Thank you very much for sharing all this information and your experience and your work. And can you say more about where people can find you? Thank you so much. I just want to say, Aga, thank you for asking me these questions. It was such a pleasure to talk to you. And uh, yes, everyone can find me on my website. It's uh, www.therapywithlana.com and also my Instagram handle, Therapy with Lana, and Facebook page. Okay. We will find you for sure. <laughs> thank, <laughs> thank you very much. Thank, thank you, you for listening. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you, Lana and Aga. So friends, why do we start with the body on a show about mental health? You see, the mind and the body are not independent of each other, but rather have a symbiotic relationship. They feed off each other. Some experts will even go as far as to say that they are one and the same thing, as in you can't separate them. There's no mind without a body and there's no body without a mind. Mental processes like emotions have expression in the body and consequences for it too. When we are present and comfortable in our skin, we also feel cognitively more aware and able to better attend to the demands that our daily lives place on us. It's why having a sport as a regular part of your life makes you feel good and fresh, even on the days you feel the most tired, or especially on those days. This is why watching a good scary movie unintuitively actually boosts our immune system. I'm looking forward to getting to know more about your work in the coming programs, Lana, and help our listeners achieve mental space, whatever their reality looks like right now. For the next section, we have a panel discussion.
Our panel today is psychologist Flavia Kardash and psychotherapist Meghna Skull, myself. Um, and we are going to uh, talk about some questions we thought might be interesting for everybody. Um, so Flavia, are you ready? Yes, thank you. Thank you, Meghna. And thank you for taking the time to do this with us. Um, so the first question is, how can you tell if someone is struggling with their mental health? That's a very important question mm -hmm. that I think uh, many of us asked, asked ourselves before. So um, first of all, I would like to, to give you an image about mental health before we talk about the struggles. Um, I like this image that uh, Daniel Siegel uh, offered us. It's about this window, the mm -hmm. window of, of uh, tolerance. And um, he says that when we feel calm, connected with ourselves, with uh, each other, with other people, um, when we feel like we can manage all the things that we're going through mm -hmm. uh, daily, when uh, we have, for example, you know, some even strong emotions, but we still feel that we can regulate ourselves, then we are in this window of tolerance because we have the, this ability to, to tolerate what, what is happening to us and also manage. Oh, I like this. You know, I like calm it. calm and connected way. Mm -hmm. So what you're saying is that in a sense, it's a... Uh... Uh, mental health is not a whether you have it or not rather it's a scale so you can be so this is this particular window where you are in optimal mental health so as to speak so that even if we have stresses in our daily life we can actually deal with them in a way that is that is manageable for us we don't feel overwhelmed with our emotions or the way we are reacting or just the situation itself so what happens out of this window of health uh, window of tolerance, sorry. Yeah, and it can also be window of health, yeah. of mental health. Yeah, mental health is health, right? There's no men health mm -hmm. without mental health. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, so uh, when something happens to us, for example, an event that uh, has um, a traumatic potential mm -hmm. that uh, can be overwhelming for us, then we can have... Um, two types of reactions, let's say. So when we are out of this window of tolerance on the upper part of it, then we feel hyper aroused, mm -hmm. meaning that we're more anxious, we feel more panicked, uh, we tend to be obsessive, we are very impulsive and angry mm -hmm. or even rageful. Mm -hmm. So it's like uh, we're having this um, overwhelming tension inside of us and we also act upon it sometimes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just inside, which is also overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And uh, on the other part, when, in, when uh, we are in the lower part of, the, of this window of tolerance, we feel hypo-aroused, mm -hmm. meaning that we, we are not, not in contact with our emotions, we have flat emotional, uh, um, flat emotions, uh, we feel numb or disconnected in a way. 
Massive. So what you're describing now is the lower end of the scale, so as to speak. So at one end, you are hyper aroused, in which case you are uh, still outside the normal way you would react. And then there's other part, which is hypo aroused, which is where you are also outside the normal uh, boundaries. But you can tell. So the sort of good way of recognizing it in ourselves. So getting back to the questions, how can we tell if we are struggling with mental health would be to say, um would be to say okay to understand yourself how do you normally uh, react so sometimes we do that don't we we react in this yeah. way where we have like you said rage you know you kind of are yeah. not just angry about something but you react in this out of proportion way and surprise yourself in a way so that's a signal exactly. to us saying hey maybe you need to relax and uh take it take it a notch down right look after yourself a bit okay yeah exactly. Yeah, I like that. It's a scale, isn't it? All of us can can have um, uh, can be out of our zone of normal mental health. Yeah, exactly. Love it. Yeah, and we can mm. also notice this uh, in our close uh, close ones or in our colleagues. Yeah, and that's the other part of it, right? How can you tell if someone else is struggling with their mental health? And that's exactly also kind of understanding their how they are normally how do they react when you're sitting on a zoom interview with the, with your colleagues if you notice that um, somebody is not reacting normally in the in their normal way you they would have reacted to someone maybe come up with a objection or given up given their input um, you can notice that someone's not behaving how they usually behave in that uh, in that kind of situation yeah and so the, the best thing to ask is to do to do is to ask them right not hesitate yes. about asking people saying, hey, are you okay? I noticed you weren't participating as much or uh, one of your family members, how are you doing? How are you coping with how things are going? Because people know what their window of tolerance is, isn't it? Isn't, exactly. what do you say about that, Flavia? Because I think that everybody has their own different, win and it looks different for everybody. So even though I might think I know someone very well, I don't really know how that what that person's going through. Yes, and that's why we can say that uh, uh, our window of tolerance, it's exactly uh, like uh, other people's window of tolerance. Like we can say this is normal, mm. this, what, what I'm doing is normal or what you're doing is normal. We can't say because it, it depends. We're very uh, unique and we feel the emotions in a very personalized way. Yeah, that's a good so, point. That's a good point. As in you and I have known each other a year now, a year now, isn't that right? And all of us actually here uh, in the room have worked together for a year, but still we um, we always start the day by starting or a meeting by starting, hey, how are you doing, right? And we still might be surprised how the other person feels. Like sometimes you come up to me and say, hey, today has been hard. And I'm like, really? But you look so fresh, you know? It's difficult to yes. sometimes, uh, even people who are working close to know. So the best thing is to ask, right? To say, how are we doing? Make it normal. I think it's also important to make conversations about mental health normal in a team, mm -hmm. right? In relationships to say, you know, we talk honestly. I love this about Denmark. Have you noticed that I don't have this? I have not had this before, experiences before where in Denmark, where you ask people, how are, how are you? They always answer with how they are. They don't just say, yeah, I'm good, fine, which is what usually would be the answer in India or in England. And I think it, I love that in Denmark, that people say, 
actually, I'm not doing okay today. And I think that's just so amazing because if you have that culture of being able to speak openly about where you are, then it automatically helps us understand other people, but also for other people to speak up when they're not optimal. Exactly. Normalize mm. this mental health uh, dialogue. Yeah, then it's easier to tell if someone else is struggling, right? And speak up, I guess, when you are struggling. Yes, exactly. Mm. Uh, okay, great. So, Flavia, if you had to summarize, how can you tell if someone is struggling with their mental health? What would you say? So I would say that, uh, first of all, we notice the person, we're paying attention to the person. And then if we find that something is different, uh, we can just ask how the person is. Um, and um, uh, yeah, you can tell if a person is struggling with their mental health, if uh, you feel them or if you perceive them as being overwhelmed, like emotionally overwhelmed or withdrawn or uh, more uh, or less uh, active than usual or less responsive to your to your calls for example mm. or um, very angry mm. or anxious amazing i love this flavia yeah. i love the uh, i love that you brought up the window of uh, tolerance i'm going to use that so it, now this nicely takes us into next question which is how can how can a person as a non-professional, so you and I are professionals, so we are kind of trained over years to uh, identify signs of mental health struggle. But how can a person who's a non-professional support someone who is struggling? That's an amazing question. I love this question because, um, because I often have clients who are uh, especially young people, but also older people whose family is very interested in supporting them in their mental health journey. Um, especially if they've had a, uh, if they've been struggling. Um, yes. And this is an interesting question, isn't it? How do, how does it, so now you have, you have people who are in professional uh, relationship uh, concerning their mental health, but how does someone around them support them? What do you suggest to your clients? Do you have, uh, do you have uh, support around clients who, are, who want to support uh, this person? So first of all, uh, we need to acknowledge and notice uh, if a person is struggling mm -hmm. uh, with their uh, mental health. And uh, then again, we can ask them directly, how are they and what kind of support do they need? Mm. Because sometimes we can imagine that the person needs a kind of support that they actually don't. Yeah, that's a good one. I, usually, actually, that's interesting when I tell my clients, um, no, I actually tell people that when someone asks for help, then it's help. But if you're just giving your help without the person wanting it or needing it, then it's imposing yourself. That kind of makes it worse, right? So the best yeah. way to support someone is to ask them, how would you like me to support you? You know? Exactly. Mm. Exactly. And, uh, Amazing. and uh, yeah. if uh, they, they don't re really know what kind of support they they feel like they need support and uh, yeah sometimes it's it's hard to uh, accept that we need support mm -hmm. but let's say that that person wants uh, to be supported but um, they don't uh, really know how to ask or what to ask then we can uh, encourage them to 
uh, to get professional help mm-hmm. uh, and also be there and uh, be very present, caring, uh, paying uh, attention to them, like being very uh, in contact with them. Mm. Uh, because this is very important when we usually struggle with our mental health, uh, we we need this connection. We need to feel that we're not alone. In oh, this. so very important, so very important. And I see this often uh, in my clients as well that uh, they um, they're somehow prisoners in their in their mind, right? And this external connection, however small. So if you're a sister, that you know relationship with your sister or parent or special friend or even pets I would say I think that those little relationships kind of keep you connected to life which might seem small like uh, you have mentioned this before that small things go a long way right so when someone is in a professional uh, so so firstly, encouraging people to seek professional support is so very important, making it normal, not kind of stigmatizing it. And I feel that in our society, we, I struggle a lot with, you know, people kind of stigmatize saying going, getting professional help. Uh, so just pinpointing them to the right professional help helps so much. But outside of that, just being the friend, a friend or just being a a sister or well I'm not I'm speaking for pets here but you know going for a walk with your pets I think it goes a long way um absolutely I love this and I think that that connection to life that outside connection to life because people are not only their diagnosis or people are not only the men- their mental health struggle or anxiety problems they have they are more and bigger than that right and reminding having reminders of that is is so precious exactly Yes, and we can re- we can really offer this support. We are able to offer this support and to receive the support that we need. Yeah, and also not being afraid, right? Not af- not being afraid of having hard conversations if the person wants to have hard conversations. Like not being afraid of it. I think that a lot of times people people have this idea that talking about depression for example might make the person more depressed but it's almost the opposite isn't it being able to talk about things like things that are making you sad or overwhelmed actually helps you lift it somehow so just being there and having those conversations about suicide is the same um, thing that people think that it's more likely for the event to happen if you talk about it but it's it's all our studies all our experience doesn't it show that it's the opposite yeah it isn't this burden that we carry when we struggle when we really connect in our own rhythm in our own way with another person mm. yeah so how can so how can someone as a non-professional support someone who's struggling what would we be we say to be present to take the lead from the other person and to to be to be supportive encourage. of getting professional help yeah yeah encourage someone remind them of the relationship you have together or the uh, beautiful things you like to do together it could be as simple as having your going to uh, going to the park and having your favorite cup of tea or ice cream right yes yeah and also maybe it's important to in a way lower our uh, expectations 
Mm. Uh, when we have someone that we love who is struggling with mental health, lowering our, our expectations regarding uh, when and how they must get better. Oh, like, tell me more about this. It's, it's such an important point. Could you elaborate a bit more on this? What do you mean by lowering your expectations? Like um, when a person is struggling with their mental health, they usually find small things to be harder than usual so um, sometimes just being present and staying there and uh, yeah offering our availability and support means uh, more than trying to fix the other person oh i love this i love this absolutely so you're st again this is coming back to taking the lead from the person trusting them when you show that you trust them to know how they're feeling and giving them time and space, it just helps the healing process, right? Yes. Beautiful. I love this. Um, so again, to summarize, how can someone as a non-professional support someone who's struggling? Um, of course, point them to professional resources uh, that, are, that you might know that are relevant. Uh, encourage them to seek professional support. But most importantly, be present, listen, talk, connect. Um, and the last one you said, trust them. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, great. Uh, so the last question, this is more kind of relevant to our times. Um, right now we are doing this, uh, uh, doing this talk over like how millions of people or billions of people are doing work every day or on online or over the internet. Um, so the current COVID situation means that we are, our work life has changed in a very particular way across the globe. Um, what are you observing in your work, uh, in your everyday work, uh, Flavia? What are we observing? Are people languishing because of this? Um, uh, the conditions that we, are, uh, we, have, we have been kind of forced to work under, or are people flourishing? Has it been good for us or bad for us, mental health? Because we hear all the time in the news, we hear that, oh, it's impacting mental health a lot. But in general, the average population, uh, how has how is this impacting people? Are we languishing or flourishing? What do you observe? So um, in my uh, practice, I noticed that uh, there, there are some waves of on one part languish and on the other part flourish. Explain to me and this word like, languish, languishing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, a kind of mood um, where you feel um, you're tired, but you're, you don't feel depressed. You still have meaning, but you don't really have or motivation mm. so it's like an in-between space and mm. it's why we also feel it uh, very confusing uh, so we can just put our finger on what's happening it's like a fog a foggy feeling mm, but not really clinical yeah. depressed you can't go that far exactly mm. exactly so we still know where we go we still have the meaning but we're not that motivated anymore where we yeah we're we're tired but we're not exhausted mm. uh, 
we uh, move in a way slower, but we're still moving forward. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, so it's, it's like, still within the zone of window of tolerance, but yeah, it is towards of kind of the lower end. Yeah, and then and then and is it? Uh, are you observing this as well? I have also observed that usually we all go everybody as a person goes through these waves right where you're sometimes up and sometimes down and you know this thing about being constantly happy or confidence i have not yet come across a person like that um but this wave of being a bit down is a bit longer than usual so people have kind of reached this place of kind of blah feeling yeah exactly yeah, so that's okay. Yeah, that's good. So yeah, so we are. Ex we I have also experienced that that actually people who are, it's the opposite. People who have who are actually have been struggling with their mental health, in a way, the world slowing down has helped them. So they haven't had that big of crisis, but people who are usually mentally strong, resilient, healthy, in a good place, they're kind of, you know, can be mostly managed to be in their window of tolerance, have kind of reached this general level of languishing mm -hmm. um yes so i i have observed the same but then also, of course you and i are also special right because we every day deal with people who have issues so it might still be a biased uh, biased uh, sample space don't you think <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're sharing from our experience yeah and then and what about in general do you what about flourishing have you seen people who've actually flourished under this uh, under this corona uh, situation uh, i think it's uh, similar to uh, what we talked about the window of, of tolerance it's like uh, some people are flourishing mm -hmm. and uh, maybe they're not aware of it or some people um, mm. yeah it remains to be seen doesn't it it remains to be seen when we yeah. come out of this how this has impacted people's resilience <laughs> In a way, yes. hard times make us more resilient, right? We come out on the other side saying, wow, I uh, I survived that, right? We all survived this. Yes. Yeah. But I must admit, also for also for us, you know, we are we of course uh, encourage our clients to engage in self-care, look after themselves, support themselves first before they are supporting somebody else um, around them. Uh, but I feel that also in my work, I have had to be extra mindful about looking after myself. Exactly. What uh, do you think? This yeah? was my experience too. Yeah, you're nodding your head like, yes, 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 me yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me more about it. What do you do for self-care? Yeah. Um, I really like movement mm -hmm. and dance. Mm -hmm. And uh, I use uh, I use them to to relax and to energize myself so every day you come home switch on some music and dance away that sounds amazing yeah and uh, i also like uh, walking in the nature mm. and i also like biking mm. and um, yeah in copenhagen there are a lot of possibilities amazing yes you definitely walk. cannot use any excuse in copenhagen for not biking i get it <laughs> In most cities, you can, right? Like, oh, my God, how am I going to get out? But not in Copenhagen. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And this grounding uh, techniques, mm. uh, breathing and 
Mm. Yeah, just uh, returning to the present moment. Mm. So very important. Yeah. I think you're, yeah, you're you're right that um, I think you, we share the same experience that in general there's the sense of languishness that has come over most people, and uh, we feel it in ourselves as well. And sometimes these small self-care routines not, seem trivial and frivolous when something, when so many, uh, you know, drastic things are happening. When you read the news, you think, oh, my God, there's so many terrible things happening. And so it can seem a bit trivial and frivolous, frivolous. But I feel that uh, in our jobs, we always, we can't show up, can we? We can't show up fully for supporting another person unless we are well supporting, supported ourselves. Or we feel that we are well within our window of tolerance. It's the small yes. things again, right? Um, yeah. So I love it. I think I'm going to borrow your self-care and go dancing today evening and just have that moment of... Yeah, we can do it together. Absolutely. <laughs> no, wow. We have uh, actually reached the end of our time now. And this has been super interesting and educational, Flavia. Thank you so much for taking this panel with me. Um, Thank you so much, Magna. It was a pleasure. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. We hope this has been an informative hour for you, our listeners too. It has definitely been a huge learning curve for us to put it together. We only hope to get better. Once again, write to us with your questions, comments, criticisms, suggestions, stories. We would love to hear from you so that we can make the future episodes worth your while. And if anyone listening also works in the mental health field and would like to be featured on our program, don't hesitate to get in touch with us. And remember, ask us anything psych-related, and we will either answer or find someone who can answer your queries. All links can be found in the program description on Tremella's page on tremellaradio.dk or tremellaradio.eu. Thank you for listening to us this time. We'll be back with more meaningful conversations aimed at your well-being and creating a space that both stimulates and clears mentally. Ciao for now.